Amen. Come on, let's welcome our online audience in today. From wherever you're watching, from around the world, we're so honored that you've taken time to watch and to be a part of this service. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to be our guest. Stop in. We'd love to meet you. Uh, we'll send you home with some free gifts and just let you know we, we appreciate you being with us. It's one thing to watch online. It's another thing to be in the house and experience what God is doing in the house. Now, to, today, I want to ask you, wouldn't it be nice to know the plans for our future? Wouldn't it be nice to know everything about our future? Wouldn't it be nice if God told you everything that's going to happen? And you're like, yes, I need to know. Who am I supposed to marry? What's the job I'm supposed to get? What major should I go in college? What, what, what house should I buy? What should I invest? I mean, we could ask God, God, what ministry do you want me involved in? All these questions we have for God. And if you want to know the, the answer to these questions, it really can be traced back to Jeremiah 29, 11. It says, for I, I know, everybody say, I know. That's not you. <laughs> I know. God says, I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. Now today, God knows the plans we don't. We don't know the plans that God has for us, but he does. And he says those plans are to bless you, to prosper you. They're not to bring harm to you, but they're going to bring joy to your life and you're going to walk in fulfillment of this life. We don't know. So how do we find out? Well, I'm glad you asked. Let's keep reading. Let's look at verses now here in 12 and 13. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me. I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. So we know this. God wants us to seek him, not his plans. Let me say it another way. God wants us to seek him, not his gifts. He wants us to seek him today. So many times we're like, God, I want to know. God, I want to know. And God's like, you just need to know me. And as you draw close to me, then I will reveal to you the plans I have to prosper you, the plans I have to bless you. And my plans will not harm you, says God. But you, the more you seek me, the more you'll find out those plans. See, we, we're good. We want to circumvent this. We want to go right to God. Tell me the plans. Tell me the plan. And God's like, come and seek me. Come and seek me. But tell me the plans. Tell me the plans. We want to know the plans. It's something we want. You know, we're not people who like to wait on plans. But God wants us to seek him. Today, I want to talk to you about the thought, my plan versus God's plan. My plan versus God's plan. What does God have planned for me next? You know, sequels are not usually as good as the original. How many know that's the truth? I mean, why did they have to go and make a Back to the Future 3 when one was so perfect? One of the best produced movies. I did just thrown together. You ever seen the story? It's amazing how the story came together. But it ended up being something now. They use this to teach in how to make movies. They use this storyline because they, they consider it one of the most perfect storylines of teaching how to write stories. And, and it was a great movie, but do we really need to go back to the Old West? I mean, it was something about Back to the Future that was so good. They didn't have to go back and mess with it. And usually you see sequels and they're just not as scary. They're just not as anticipating. You kind of already know the plot. 
until they made one sequel this summer. And there was one, and there was one sequel that stood out among the rest of the sequels. Ladies and gentlemen, I bring to you Top Gun. Top Gun was an awesome sequel. I waited 36 years for this sequel. 36 years ago, my best friend had this on VHS. And every day in the summertime, we watched Top Gun. Waited 36 years for the sequel to come out. And I can tell you that it doesn't usually happen this way. But the sequel was better than the original. They got it right. And if you go back and listen to them talk, the reason why they got it better is they didn't rush. They didn't rush because they made a lot of money. All right, let's produce this and get it back out there two years later. They took 36 years to write the perfect story to the sequel. 36 years to, to pick out. The, I mean, the people who were playing as the main stars weren't even born when the original came out. And they said they had to go through much more intense training. The first one put those guys through a lot of training, but the second one required even more from them. They had to put themselves through a physical training. They had to put themselves through a mental training that was, they said, was just really was so heavy. And they put so much more into this movie because it required it to take it to the next level. And can I tell you this, that God requires for us some things if we're going to go to the next level. Look at Philippians 3.13. It says, but one thing I do, forgetting what's behind. Come on, the original and straining toward what's ahead. I, I press on. See, the sequel is going to be greater in God, but it's going to require more. God wants you to press forward. He doesn't want you sitting around just happy with the original all the time. But the, the sequel is going to require more of you in your life. I love this parody we see between Joshua and Moses. And we see where Joshua was taking charge here in Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. It says, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, said Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses aid, Moses, my servant, is now dead. Now then, you all, all these people, get all these people, get them ready to cross the Jordan. Get them ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them to the Israelites. Now we see something happening here. He said, get them ready. He says, gather the people, get them ready. I'm about to take you to the promised land. I'm about to take you to a different level. I'm about to take you to a new season. So gather the people and tell them to get ready. Moses had to cross the Red Sea with the people, but now Joshua was going to take them across the Jordan River. God was going to make them cross over to a new season, but it was going to require more. Look what it says now in verses, uh, Joshua 3, verses 1 through 4. Early in the morning, Joshua and all the Israelites set out from, I won't say that word because I don't want to mess it up. Just saying. If I say that word in church, I'm going to have about seven junior hires break out laughing. And I'll never get back to service, okay? And they went to Jordan, and when they camped before the crossing over, after three days, the officers went throughout the camp, giving the orders to the people. He gave the orders to the people. Look what it says here. When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord, this is what housed the presence of the Lord back in the Old Testament. He said, 
and the priest carrying it, you are to move out from your positions and follow it. Then you will know which way to go. You see, he says, leave where you are, follow after the presence of the Lord, and then you'll find out and you'll know which way to go. I don't know which way to go, left or right, up or down. I don't know what God wants from me next. If you don't know what God wants from you next, this is it. This is the answer. It's always the right formula to leave where I am, follow the presence of the Lord, and let him tell you where to go. Don't be worrying about 10 years from now. Worry about 10 seconds from now. God, I want to be in your presence right now. God, I want to follow after you right now. If I will leave where I'm at, right here, I've got culture. Right here, I've got things pressuring me. But when I follow after the presence of God, after I seek after the presence of God, things begin to change in my life. I begin to see clearer. Now I begin to see God. All right, God, you're leading me somewhere different. And it's on a different level. I can't can't be where I used to be. God, you're calling me to go to a higher level. I can't hang out with everybody I used to hang out with. God, you're calling me to a different level. I can't just listen to what I used to listen to. God, I got to spend more time in worshiping you. I got to go somewhere. The sequel is taking me somewhere greater than the original. The original was good for a season, but God says, I've got a sequel that's going to knock your socks off, but it's going to require more. It's going to require more. It's going to take more. Look what it says down in verse 5. God says this, Joshua told the people to consecrate yourselves for tomorrow. Consecrate today for tomorrow. The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourself for tomorrow. See, today I, I set myself apart. That's what it means. Consecrate, look at this. Consecrate means to set yourself apart for a sacred endeavor. I set myself apart for something of the Lord. I consecrate myself. I'm putting my mind on the Lord more than usual. I'm setting myself out. Sometimes it requires fasting things. Sometimes it requires separating myself, but I'm preparing myself. I'm going to spend longer in the presence of the Lord. I'm going to do things a little different right now because I'm setting myself aside for tomorrow. God's going to do amazing things. When God's about to do extraordinary he calls us to do extraordinary. Let me tell you again. When God's about to do extraordinary things, he calls us to do extraordinary things. He wants you to go to a different level. It will require more patience, more obedience, more confidence. See, I bring the posture. God brings the plans. I, I bring the posture. My, my posture is I will make room for you, God. My posture is I've, I've got to make more room for the Lord. And as I make more room, I seek him. He draws near to me. As he draws near to me, I'm, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. You're positioning me for something different. God, you're positioning me for a new season. It's there. I, I posture. Well, pastor, I believe whatever God's going to do, he's going to do. You're right. But our posture will decide how much he uses you in that plan. Do you want to be a part of that amazing plan that he has? Do you want God to do amazing thing in your family, in your children? Do you want God to use you as part of his testimony that he's writing for history? He wants to use you. And he will if you put yourself in the right position. It's the right posture. It invites a, a spirit of posture invites the Lord to lead the way. 
So how do we set ourselves apart and find out the will of God? Number one, patience for the process. You got to have patience for the process. How many know we don't have a lot of patience, do we? Anybody else struggle with patience in here? I had one of my children when they were younger. I won't want to say their name, embarrass them, but Landon would do this often. He would oftentimes, <laughs> we would be, we'd be eating lunch. He'd be like, what are we having for dinner? I'm like, just finish your lunch first and then we'll figure it out later. We'd be at Disneyland and Landon would be like, where are we going tomorrow? I'm like, dude, we're at Disney. M-I-C-K-E-Y-M-O-U-S-E. Enjoy it, dude. You're at Disney. We'll figure it out tomorrow. He's always wanting to know. He's not patient. He was never patient about the plans. How are we going to do this? How are we going to pay for this? How are we going to, this going to happen? We're all spoiled by convenience, aren't we? Come on. I mean, my, I can tell you this. My generation has seen so much change. It's crazy how much change we've seen. When I was a small kid, I can remember the first music we listened to was on these big, round, thin things about this big. It's a big black CD about this big. It has this needle. And you scratch it. It was really cool. Then you grab a hold of it going. Yeah, it was really cool. You could do that. You could play it backwards and hear all kinds of hidden messages. It was really great. Anyway, uh, then we went from that. Then we, you know, there was also eight tracks before I was born. And then all of a sudden we came out with these mini cassettes. Remember those? Mini cassettes, and they had these like Walkmans you could put them in, and this wire that actually went from your Walkman all the way with these headphones about this big, and you could listen to music. But if you want to listen to a certain song, maybe you had that one special song for that girl that reminds you of that girl or that guy. And you're like, it's hit me in the feels. I want to get to it. And all of a sudden, you're like, rewind. You stop. Oh, what too far? You get fast forward. Oh, what too far? Back up. It took you forever. Get the one song, and then they came out with one CD now, and all you got to do is push a number, and you go right to that song. It was amazing, digital, it sounded great. We used to carry briefcases in our car full of these CDs. You could put it in your car. Now, we got phones, and you just go right to your phone and push any song you want to hear. It's right there. It's amazing. Remember when we had three channels and nine cable? Now, we... Remember I used to have to put in, try to record the game or record my favorite show on a VCR tape only to find out when I got home, mom had stopped it right in the middle. But now you just boom, 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 right there. Everything's right there. Every show, every music I want to hear, everything is about convenience, convenience, convenience. It's driving us convenience. And those are good things and there's nothing wrong with technology. But let me tell you that God wants you to learn patience as well. And we can't be so concerned about our convenience that we miss out that there's something to patience that he wants us to rest in. Given the choice between God's presence and the plans of God, which one would you choose? Knowing God's plans or just having his presence? The answer should be his presence because if I get his presence, all these other things are going to follow in line. All these other things are going to come together. But the plans of God without the presence of God is a formula for disaster. 
I've got to have the presence before I have the plans. Because if I have the plans ahead of time, they mean nothing unless, God, you go with me. God, they mean nothing unless God is in them. They mean nothing unless God is with those plans. I've got to have his presence first. Seek after the presence. What if we learn to be patient? What if we learn to learn to let patience be stronger than convenience in our life? What a good challenge for us today. What if we learn to let patience become stronger than convenience in our life? How would our life change? You know what? I want to learn to let patience rule my life. I want to learn to let patience. You know, patience is kind of like tomatoes and squash and pumpkins in the fruit world. When I say fruit, you don't think of those things. You think of apples and oranges and pineapples and bananas. We think of all the sweet things that make your mouth run. Man, we, we want those things. But when I'm, I'm thinking about fruit, I'm not necessarily thinking about, hey, let's go get a pumpkin. <laughs> let's go eat a squash. Those are all good, fixed the right way. But they're not fruit in my book. But they tell us that they actually are fruit. And patience is not love and joy when it comes to fruit of the Spirit. Patience is the one that everybody's like, ah, I think I'll pass over. That's the last one that they touch in the fruit basket. It's the last one, the one that everybody ignores. Patience is not always the first one we're grabbing for. But could it be the one that's the key to unlocking the rest of the fruit? Could it be it's the one that's the key to unlocking you going to a different level? See, patience realizes that the journey is your joy not the destination. See, many times we're so quick and so focused on if I could just get to my destination, if I could just get to the plan, if I could just get to where God's want for me to be, I'll be happy, I'll be fulfilled. This is where joy is, and we miss out on the journey. It's kind of like raising children, having raised five of them now who are young adults. I can tell you this, everybody tells you this, but it goes by really, really fast. And if we're not careful, as young parents, we're like, man, if I could just get them out, you know, out of diapers, out of school, just get them graduated. And then you realize something. You know what? We reached a certain place, and the joy was not in the designation. The joy was in the dirty diapers. The joy was in Christmases figuring out how we're going to make Christmas happen. The joy was there. That means that the joy was there when Preston decided to light a firework off in the middle of January and put it through my front window. <laughs> That's part of the joy of the journey. Or when Landon decided to throw a football, when I said don't throw the football and put it right through the glass I just replaced that day out front in our front light. And Hallie missed it through her butter fingers. Yeah, there you go. What am I supposed to do? I'm just a girl. Or Melissa closed my hatch when I let her borrow my car for the first time and busted the back window out. Or when Hayden told Dad, I don't know what happened. My leg just gave out, and all of a sudden, my body went through the wall. There's a big hole in your wall now. I'm like, dude, I ain't buying that story. I don't know what happened, but that ain't the story. (laughs) What I'm telling you is this. I look back now, and we laugh at those. 
things and we look back and we, we make fun of those things and we have a good time because the journey was the joy. The struggle was the joy. The struggle was the joy. It's not the destination. And if you're not careful, you'll spend all your life with your eyes on the destination. If I could just get to here, if I could just get to this plan, if I could just know this, then my life will be full of joy. And you'll miss out that God wanted your joy to be full all the way through the journey. It's the journey where God changes us. It's the journey where he teaches us. It's the journey where he shows up. Everybody wants to be at Disneyland. But nobody wants to work hard and save to get there. It's, it's the journey. It's the journey with the lessons we learn along the way. We work hard. We get things accomplished. God, God wants us to understand there's patience. Patience is valuing the presence of God over the gifts of God. I value his presence over his plan. It's a joy. It's a joy. It's a joy. It moves us through the process that I understand this. And patience produces joy. Look at Psalms 130, verse 5. I, I wait. I don't like doing that, do you? But the psalmist said, I wait for the Lord. For my whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. As somebody who's learned to be patient. I love what he says because you're not just waiting. My whole being is learning to wait. That means my mind, my heart, my spirit is learning to be content. Don't be so ready to get to the next season that you miss out on the blessing of this season. I can very easily be like, I can't wait till we get the new building done and I am there and I'm wanting it every day. I'm thinking about it every day. We're planning and thinking things through. I can't wait. I can't be so up, so ready to go to the new place. I miss out on the joy that God's changing lives right here in this building and people's lives are being changed. God's doing something. We miss out on the journey, the struggle. Oh man, I, I thought I'd be further along. Pastor, you're right. Who doesn't? But you know what? Look back and see where God's brought you. Look back and see what God's doing. It's the journey that God's doing something. See, patience produces hope. And hope looks and says, I can't see it yet, but I know if I hang on to God that there's something better waiting for me in my future. Patience says, God, I'm not going to settle for the wrong man. That man ain't got a job. That man don't treat a woman right. And so I'd rather be single and be patient, even as for a long time. And I have hope that, God, you're going to bring the right person in the right season. That's patience. I hope that God's got something better. Patience says, all right, God, that door closed. So I'm going to remain in the hallway and keep walking even when I don't see the next door. But I know the next door in my life is just around the corner. I know that, God, you got something else waiting for me. It's a better door. It's a better opportunity. It's a better job. It's a better person. God, you got something waiting for me if I don't lose hope. And i got to have patience. Look at Isaiah 40, 31. I love this verse, don't you? But those who... Wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not get tired. They shall walk and not faint. 
Listen, I could be there all day. I could be so stressed out, but I got to learn to be patient. I got to learn to wait on the Lord. Listen, there's a reason why I'm waiting. You want to know what the reason why I'm waiting is? Let me give you the secret. The reason why we wait on the Lord, it's a process. And if the process doesn't prepare you, the promise will destroy you. If the process that God's taking you on, the journey God's taking you on, he takes us on this journey and it's shaping me, preparing me, stripping me, getting things out of me that need to be out of me, taking the selfishness out of me, taking the wrong thinking out of me, breaking bad habits in me. God's doing something in me. This journey is producing something that when I get to the promise, Joseph, I'm humbled and I'm ready to lead in a way that can make a worldwide difference. I'm ready to lead in a way that's going to make a difference in people's lives. If I get there too fast, if I get there too fast, it's going to destroy my life. I'm not ready for it yet. The journey is where God develops us. The journey is what produces the fruit in our life. The journey is what prepares me for the next season. Don't discount the journey. Embrace the journey. Show some patience. Number two, it requires obedience today. It requires obedience from us today. He says, set yourself apart today. For tomorrow, I'm going to do amazing things. Hebrews 12.1 says, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. He says this, listen, if you're going to go to the next season, what do I got to do? I begin to lay down things that hinder me. As I'm walking, I realize there's certain relationships that are hindering me. They're not pushing me forward. There's certain things I'm doing, certain habits I have that are keeping me back. They're not pressing me forward. There's certain attitudes I have that are keeping me feeling negative all the time. And they're not causing me to excel to the next season of my life. Lay those down. Everything that hinders, lay it down. And what else? The sin. The sin. Now, our sin is covered by the grace of God. Our sin, yes, we have received this amazing grace. And God does not bring up anything of guilt, condemnation in our mind. It says Satan's the one that brings guilt. God brings freedom. He wants you to know that your sins are forgiven. But he also says this. Hey, lay aside. Lay aside the sin. Just because I've forgiven you of the sin doesn't mean you hang on to it. Let go of what's not holy. Let go of the things you know. When I'm taking you to a new level, you can't carry in the person you used to be. There's some things you got to let go if you want to go to that next level. Well, I don't want to let it go. Well, you'll stay at that level for the rest of your life. But if you want to take another season into the promise, you're going to have to let go of some things in your life. Why? Because the sequel requires more. We need people to have a pre-decided yes. Whatever you want, God, yes. Whatever you want from me. Whatever you ask of me, the answer is yes. I'm hurting, but yes. I'm struggling, but yes. I didn't choose this plan, but yes. God has a plan for you, but can he get a yes from you? God has a plan for you, but can he get a yes from you? This is where it starts in the last thing. Number three, confidence. 
You've got to have confidence in your calling. Confidence in your calling. The faith that you have to get you here is not the same faith that's going to get you there. The faith that I use to get me to this point is not the same faith that's going to get me to that point. It's going to require more. The sequel always requires more. Pastor Tom and Mike, come here real fast. Give me a hand. The sequel will always require more. And we're always on this journey. Pastor Mike, stand back here by the sex. There you go. Pastor Tom, stand over to the right of the pulpit. We're on this journey and we start here. So when I started, I was here. I want to be there, but I started right here. And I begin to press. And I begin to pick up my cross and follow Jesus. And I had some habits that were not great, but I still pressed forward. And when I fell down, I got back up and I kept struggling forward. And I kept going forward. I kept pressing on. I went through that. It was really hard, but I'm pressing forward. I'm not giving up. And I got somewhere I want to be and I'm going. And I'm pressing forward in God. And I'm pressing forward in God. And I look back and say, I want, I want to be there. I want to be at the promise. God, you got a promise for me. God, you got somewhere I know. Pastor Gene preaches about it all the time and I want to be there, but I'm not there. And it's aggravating and it's frustrating. I can see it. It's right there. But it seems like I'll never get there. I keep pressing. I keep pressing. And I'm not there. The problem is this. You're looking at the distance between you and where you want to be, the promise. Sometimes it's good to look back and say, I may not be there. But I'm, a, I'm not there anymore either. I'm a lot closer to here than I am to there. And I've come a long ways, baby. And you know what? If I keep going, I'm eventually going to get to where God's calling me. If he can take me for the person I used to be there and got me right here, he's going to be faithful to complete in me the calling and pushing in me forward to the high calling in Jesus. Get your eyes on the right gap. Quit looking at the gap between I'll never get there and realize, man, there's a lot of distance between me and what I used to be. God has changed me. Ah, there's some things he wants to do in my life, but he's changed me. And I, as I go to the next season, he's preparing me. Come on. Thank you, guys. Give these guys a hand. The last scripture I want to read to you is found in Joshua 3.8. Look what God told Joshua to tell the people. He said, tell Tell the priests to carry the ark, the presence of God. When you reach the edge of the Jordan's waters, go and stand in the river. Now remember what Moses, God told Moses, take your staff when you get to the Red Sea. Remember that? He says, stand back and see the day of the Lord. Charleston Heston Raises the cane up, the staff, and the water. And the children of Israel, they walk out on dry land. The first time, all they had to do was to stand back and see God move. It was a faith builder. And they crossed the Red Sea. Now they got to cross the Jordan River. And what did he tell them? Go out there and stand in the river. Why? Because the sequel, the promise, is going to cost you a little more. You're going to have to go out a little bit deeper. 
You got to get out a little bit deeper. You got to leave your comfort zone and get out there and say, God, whatever you want, I'm standing in the river. God, whatever you want, I want to be deep in your river. God, whatever you want, I want to be deep in your presence. God, whatever you want, God, I'm standing here by faith. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know one thing. In the river of your presence, God, in the river of your presence, God, there is healing. There is hope. There is the river of your presence, God. God does amazing things. Sometimes you just got to step out to the river. Why? Because he's going to require it of you. Just because he didn't ask you to do it the first time doesn't mean he's not asking you to do it the next time. To get to the promise, it always requires more. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you. I thank you for the promises of the Lord. God, I thank you for your word which challenges us. God, in this season, may we not grow tired Teach us to wait. Teach us to have patience. Realize that, God, it's here that joy can be found. It's here that growth can happen. It's here that you're shaping us for the next season. And there can be no next season until we learn to wait. So teach us to wait. Teach us to be patient, God. Teach us, God. Teach us, God, to wait on you. I'm going to invite you to stand up across the room today as you stand up on your feet. How many say, Pastor, I I need to learn some more patience. God's speaking to me today. Yeah, that's all right. Raise your hand. Let everybody see. It's all right. It's good. How many say, I need to learn to wait on God more. I need to spend more time in his presence. God's really pushing me today to spend more time in his presence on a daily. Yeah, that's good. Raise your hand. I want to pray for everyone today. Father, I thank you. God, for every person in the room today. God, I pray that God, you are leading them to a different level. God, calls us to step out into the river now. Calls us to believe you now. God, I speak right now. Lord, we won't be complacent. But God, we'll get out, Lord, and press on to the next level. God, you're calling many today to go to a new level. And God, I thank you for what you're doing. God, I speak over them right now. God, I speak over Destiny Church today. We will not be people who are, are always looking for convenience. But God, we'll look to stretch us, God. Stretch us, God, as we wait upon you. Come on.